pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time for the Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Prospect Bank, Serve Pro of Champaign-Urbana, and the University of Illinois Army ROTC. Tonight's game can also be heard live on our website, whms.com, or through the News Gazette app. And now, let's go to the field for tonight's game. conference matchup between the Paxton Buckley Lota Panthers in with a record of 5-1 and one against the host Monticello Sages at a record of 4-2. and two. I'm Scott Beatty alongside Joey Wright. Greetings to you one and all. Thanks for joining us on the News Gazette and Light Rock 97.5 game of the week. Pretty important ball game here for both squads, Joey. Sakes are pretty simple for Monticello to get playoff eligible. They need a win tonight to get that fifth win for the Panthers. They suffered their first loss at last week they want to get want to get back on a winning track and these are two teams frankly it's hard to tell who should be the favorite yeah maybe you give a slight edge to monticello by virtue of being at home but the stakes couldn't be higher as you said scott monticello four wins crazy to think that they might not be a playoff team but when you look at their last three games this season none of them are easy wins and it starts tonight at home against paxton buckley loda going to be interesting to see how this plays out. PBL, a 5-0 start, ran into Prairie Central last week. The Hawks now 6-0. That was a game that, all right, you know, you figure going into it, not an easy win, but they lost uh, convincingly to, to, or I should say Prairie Central won convincingly. So, you know, they've got a bad taste in their mouth. They're playoff eligible, uh, not locked in yet. They could do that with win number six tonight. So, yeah, both these teams with something to prove. It's been a, a, a tough Illini Prairie Conference all season, and I think we're going to see that again tonight. The P- PBL Panthers coming off a stinging loss to Prairie Central 51-8. to Before that, they had been hardly challenged except for a close ball game with BCC, which they won. So they're now 5-1 and one and 4-1 and one in the conference. Monticello coming off a couple of big wins. They have had no problems in their last two ball games, beating Pontiac 45-0, and then Rantoul last week 55-6. So we'll come back and you'll talk it over a little more with News Gazette preps writer Colin Likas straight ahead as our pregame coverage continues on the News Gazette at Light Rock 97.5 Game of the Week. Butcher, when an electrical fire in your office causes extensive smoke and fire damage or that musty odor indicates you might have a mold problem, you need a lot more than just help cleaning up. That's why Pro of Champaign-Urbana is your one-stop shop when disaster strikes. We offer all the cleanup and construction services to take your home or business from post-disaster to as good as new as soon as possible. So no matter what happens, you only need to make one call. Call Pro of Champaign-Urbana at 217-355-0077 to see how we can help you make it like it never even happened. At Prospect Bank, we look forward to partnering with you.
When you partner with Prospect Bank, you will experience dedicated customer service paired with secure and convenient banking solutions. Because we are Prospect Bank, the Opportunity Bank. Welcome back to Monticello High School, Monticello, Illinois, the site for the News Gazette and Light Rock Game of the Week, Week five, uh, Week 7 edition. <laughs> I'm stuck in the past a little bit, but it's a good one between 5-1 and one, Paxton Buckley-Loda and the host 4-2 and two, Monticello Sages. Joey Wright and Colin Likason with us now before Scott Beatty takes the reins for the call of the game. And Colin... As Scott and I talked about at the very top of the show, Monticello desperately needs a win tonight. Not often you'd call a 4-2 team uh, a bubble team, but PBL tonight, Prairie Central next week, Tolono Unity in week nine. It's not an easy end of the 2022 regular season for the Sages. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think Monticello realizes exactly what you're saying. I spoke with Tyler Bundy, one of the players for this team, who leads the team in uh, touchdowns scored so far this year. And uh, he said, you know, he mentioned to me how big this game is, how much they are looking forward, how much they want to be playoff eligible now in week seven because they know the weeks eight and nine are not gimmies against an undefeated Hawks team and a unity team that's been on a roll since losing to the aforementioned Prairie Central Hawks. It's not to say they can't win the next two weeks. It's just to say they've got a tough end mm-hmm. to the season and, yeah. and when you look at prairie central five and oh they were rolling but a tough week last week yeah. i don't think anyone saw a 51 eight defeat to prairie central coming as good as the hawks are what do the panthers do tonight to, to put that one in the rearview mirror and beat a talent in monticello squad yeah i mean obviously the first thing that comes to mind when you go with 51 points is just play better on defense right but it's not quite as simple as that i mean you want to play well on defense all the time i think really what it comes down to for the panthers is being able to establish Robert Boyd means right off the bat. The sophomore running back has compiled over 900 yards on the ground so far this season. He was bottled up for 34 yards against Prairie Central on just 10 carries last week. Uh, they fell behind in the first quarter, never came close to catching up, and probably had to abandon the run game as a result. So establish that run game early, gain some confidence, and then the defense will come along with the offense. At least that's what you hope. PBL 5-1, and one, as we mentioned. I don't want to get into playoff points and everything that come yeah. with that. Yeah. I would think five wins is good enough to get into the 3A playoffs. This year, I would think so. But tough matchups for the Panthers as well. Tolono Unity and St. Joseph Ogden, yeah. uh, not gimmies in, in weeks eight or nine for the Panthers either. So that's kind of the storyline for both teams. And, Colin, before we let you go, what are you looking for tonight? You know, you, you outlined some keys, play better defense for PBL, Tyler Bundy from Monticello. But how does this game play out? Because these are two teams that like to run the ball, although as we talked about a little bit this week, Monticello might be understating its passing attack just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Drew Shepard has thrown for over 1,400 yards this season, so certainly he's capable of airing the ball out, uh, whether it be short or long. Uh, I think it's really going to come down to who can make the last stop. What happened with these teams last year, it wasn't a high-scoring game, but uh, PBL scored the, the last touchdown that made it 16-15 after falling behind 15-0. And then PBL recorded an end-zone interception to end the game uh, against Monticello last year. So whichever defense comes up with that last stop, I think is going to be critical. I don't think it's going to be quite as low-scoring as the 16-15 game was last season. I think it'll be a little higher this year. I might be wrong, but I think it'll be a little higher here tonight. So that's even more imperative than whichever defense makes that last final final stand 
whether it be at the one-yard line or in midfield, I think is going to come out ahead in this one. Paxton Buckley-Loda, especially if you ask their head coach, Josh Pritchard, was not expected to win that game last year, got it by one point. That's an interesting point to bring up, Colin. It is a rematch of a great battle last season, and we'll see how it plays out again here in 2022. 4-2, Monticello hosting 5-1, Paxton Buckley-Loda. Colin, thanks for joining us. You'll have some great coverage in tomorrow's News Gazette and online. So looking forward to reading all about this one and looking forward to watching it as well. You'll hear it all on Light Rock 97.5, the News Gazette and Light Rock Game of the Week. Coming up, Scott Beatty back in after this. We are six and a half minutes from kickoff in Monticello. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help make your goals a reality. Become a leader and serve your country, all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll at Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships, tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC. Butch here. When an electrical fire in your office causes extensive smoke and fire damage, or that musty odor indicates you might have a mold problem, you need a lot more than just help cleaning up. That's why ServPro of Champaign-Urbana is your one-stop shop when disaster strikes. We offer all the cleanup and construction services to take your home or business from post-disaster to as good as new as soon as possible. So no matter what happens, you only need to make one call. Call ServPro of Champaign-Urbana at 217-355-0077 to see how we can help you make it like it never even happened. Monticello High School on a beautiful Friday evening, this first Friday of October for an Illini Prairie Conference showdown. PBL visiting the Monticello Sages. I'm Scott Beatty alongside Joey Wright. And time ticking closer and closer to kickoff here on a little bit of a broken sky overcast, crisp and clear, about 51 degrees. Not really much of a breeze. What breeze there is is blowing from north to south, left to right as we look at it. You were talking about it with Colin a little bit. Look at these two teams stylistically. A little bit different. When you talk about PBL, the guy that stirs the drink offensively, Robert Boyd means he is their all-star running back. He's a sophomore. He's off to a great start in his high school season. And talking with Josh Pritchard uh, in the build-up to this season, wasn't exactly sure what he had in Boyd Meets, but towards the end of their camp, he was able to start finding gaps that he wasn't finding during the summer. And he started running with a little more of uh, an IQ. And, of course, that's something that Pritchard said a lot of young running backs struggle with, right, is finding the right gaps, finding the, the right tackles to, to follow behind. But he has really stepped up his game, and, He's going to be the guy for the offense. It's an offense that doesn't like to pass the ball. They will pass when they have to, but it contrasts a little bit from a Monticello team that has a good quarterback and Drew Shepard, mobile guy who can also throw the ball, and he's going to be a big part of their offense, which will throw the ball a little more. Yeah, the yardage about 3-1 to one rushing to passing for PBL. With Monticello, and I don't say this disparagingly, I'm not sure who's the number one guy you look at offensively because they have a variety of weapons. Obviously, Drew Shepard is having a great season as a quarterback, and he's thrown for more than 1,400 yards, but they got a lot of weapons that he can throw to, and Tyler Bundy out of the backfield. Yeah, Tyler Bundy out of the backfield. Colin Lankis had a great story on him in today's News Gazette. 
the youngest of four children. All of them have uh, played football for Monticello, and he's a guy that can get you in a lot of different ways. You know, you mentioned out of the backfield, but he's also a terrific receiver. They'll look to get him the ball in the passing game. Drew Shepard has uh, Tyler Bundy as one of his favorite targets. So Bundy's kind of that wild card, kind of that uh, Cordero Patterson type, right? You know, who can do it all. Started as a receiver, now more of a running back for the uh, Atlanta Falcons in the NFL. Always uh, high praise. Uh, you never like to compare high schoolers to NFL players necessarily, but that's the kind of guy he is in this Paxson Buckley Loda offense. And as you think about the Monticello offense, you can't forget about Monticello's defense. They have given up 83 points total this season across six ball across six ball games, but half of those came in one game. So when you look at what they've really done for the bulk of their but the bulk of their uh, th- this season, it's just about 40 points given up in five games. It's about eight points a game. That's pretty stingy. Yeah, and if you can give up six, seven, eight points a game, obviously that puts you in a great position to win. Paxson Buckley-Loda coming out onto the field right now. Scored eight points last week. Lost to Prairie Central. We talked about that. Not at all how we expected a matchup of two unbeatens in the IPC to go. So let's not overlook PBL's shortcomings last week because I know they've looked at the film. They've done what they've needed to do to adjust it. Josh Pritchard said they didn't have a great week of practice last week. So interesting to, or interested, I should say, to see if they've kind of righted some of those wrongs this week. The PBL Panthers have made the playoffs in seven straight seasons. This is the third season for head coach Josh Pritchard. He's got 21 wins overall and eight losses in that time. He says the key on defense is going to be discipline, especially with the multiple formations that the Sages will show offensively. you got to mind your gaps. Yeah, PBL is uh, defensively, they've got to watch out. Coley Welter told us earlier this week, Monticello, they'll show a lot at you. You know, they'll come out of the gun. They'll come under center. They'll do a lot to try and keep you off balance. So, yeah, Pats and Buckley loaded defensively. They've got to be ready, and they've got to make sure everyone's on the same page and not missing assignments because it can be tough, especially at this level. When you've got so many different plays, you've got to cycle through in a given week. One thing we'll be watching for, speaking of under center, during warm-ups, it was just warm-ups, mind you, but Sam Burst was operating as center with the first string O-line instead of their senior captain in Gus Jarvis. Yeah, and that could be big. Obviously, the center, kind of the, the key of the offensive line, right? The quarterback for that group uh, does a lot for communication with the whole offense. So the center, that's going to be an interesting uh, key here. We'll see if that has any impact on the game. Absolutely. All right, getting closer and closer to kickoff here between Monticello and PBL, the Sages and the Panthers in this uh, fairly new conference. It's not They're not new teams, they're not, uh, but all of things uh, got to reshuffled here in the last couple of years from what was used to be the OCA and all that stuff and now it's the Illini Prairie Conference get you the standings here it is Prairie Central leading the way undefeated at 6 and 0 and those are all conference wins and Unity is at 4 and 1 in conference 5 and 0 overall PBL 4 and 1 tied with Unity for uh, second place 5 and 1 overall BCC sitting at 4 and 2 and the Sages come in at 3 and 2 here in conference 4 and 2 overall so the Sages in fifth place, and this is a huge ball game for them, not only in the conference race, but also, as we mentioned, playoff eligibility. Yeah, sitting at four wins. We've talked about it a lot already. Their last three games, not easy. And interesting for the Sages, guys, we get set to get going. Their last two wins, big ones, they played Pontiac and Rantoul, who were at the bottom of the IPC picture. Expecting a closer game here tonight. We'll see if they can lock in and and put those blowout wins beside them. You can't get too complacent, especially at this level. PBL is going to kick off to the Sages from south to north, right to left. Luke Teschke and 
Taylor, Tyler Bundy are the deep men for the Sages, both standing at their eight-yard line. PBL in the white jerseys with the blue helmets. And here we go as Weagle boots it to the 10-yard line. And this will be taken by, by uh, Weagle. Bundy, rather, he is angling to the near side to the 30-yard line, and that is where the Monticello Sages will take over for the first drive of the game as we're underway with 11.56 to go here in the first quarter. Bundy was trying to take a little bit off the top there, slow his speed down, and then burst through a gap. PBL's defense, they win their first challenge, or the special teams unit, I should say, does shut down Bundy. Well, it was Burst doing the warm-up snapping, but it is back to Jarvis's center and Drew Shepard behind him, the Monticello quarterback in their purple uniforms with the gold helmet. A quick out to the left side is caught by Teschke, and a burst of speed has him for a first down, and then he's pushed out of bounds near midfield, about the 47, they'll call it the 45. It's a first down for the Sages operating on the first drive of the game. PBL right out of the gates, coming out in that uh, three-man front, not bringing a lot of pressure to Shepard. Shepard had plenty of time. Good quick release, getting that out to the sideline. Shepard's thrown for 1,400-plus yards, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. Second play of the game, Shepard out of the shotgun, stamps his foot, in motion comes Mitzi, and here's a give. No, he'll keep it himself, and he'll be tackled for a loss from behind as he tried to angle to the right side, a loss of one. Second down coming up from the 44-yard line. These are two well-coached teams already in adjustment for Pax and Buckley Loda. Blitz three on the first play of the game, brought a linebacker in, Caden Snelling, to jam a gap on the second snap, and that time they're able to get pressure and get into the backfield. Shepard in the backfield. Wade Carroll off his left hip. Three receivers, four receivers for the Sages. They often go without a tight end. In the first quarter here on second down, a quick on a slant, and it's nearly picked off as it went over its intended target. Trey Welter nearly coming away with it was O'Quinn Gertis. And now third down coming up for the Sages at the 45-yard line. And third and 10. No score. First quarter, 11-10 to go. Scott, I like some of these defensive looks. PBL showing early on. They're bringing a linebacker, Charles Cambridge, in on the line. That time, he dropped back in coverage, playing a little quarterback spy, mindful of Shepard's legs. Two guys in the backfield along with the quarterback, Shepard, out of shotgun. He takes it with two receivers to the near side, steps up in the pocket, throws to the right side. It is caught across the sticks into PBL territory, complete to Spencer Mitzi for a first down at the 44-43 yard line of PBL. No score, first quarter, 11.05 to go and the Sages are on the move converting the third down. Great job by Monticello's offensive line. They've been named the U of I Army ROTC offensive line of the week in the past for good reason. Guard stepping up, mitigating some of that edge rush giving Shepard plenty of time. Shepard in shotgun again. Bundy right off his left hip. Man in motion. It's a little flip pass forward to Teshke turns up the seam at the hash, and he is stopped for, at best, no gain, maybe a loss of a couple of yards second down here for the Sages. That pushes them back to the 46 of PBL. Beautiful night for football. The Sages decked out in their purple uniforms with the gold helmets. PBL in the white jerseys with blue helmets. Second down and long now for the Sages. Shepard and shotgun standing at midfield. Quick take, he'll dart quick up the middle. He'll grab five, six, seven, eight, nine yards as he pushed the pile forward. Carrying nearly 
five, six, seven, eight, nine guys. What lower body strength from Shepard to move that pile forward all by himself. It's not like he had a lineman helping him move those guys. He just put his shoulder down and lowered that center of gravity and got to work. Third and short, no score. First quarter, 9.44 to go. Sages in PBL territory at the 36-yard line. Need about a yard and a half to go. Shepard's going to throw. Throws to the right. He's got a man. Caught for a first down and more. Up the sideline, Wade Carroll has a catch, his 17th of the season. And the Sages convert for the second time on this drive on third down. PBL dropping back in coverage right now, Scott. Bringing a little 3-3-5 look. That means three linemen. Three linebackers, five in the secondary, and Drew Shepard doing a great job with that quick release. 22-yard line, no score, first quarter. 9.31 to go. Shepard hitches, now moves to the right. Going to run it himself across the 20, angling the 15, to the 10, 5, tiptoe to the pylon. He scores. Drew Shepard into the end zone, and Monticello strikes first here in the opening quarter. Shepard into the end zone for the sixth time on the ground this year. And he he did it all on that drive, Scott. He made great throws, got the ball out quickly, did a nice job of surveying, finding space. If there was green grass, He's found it so far. Drew Shepard looking really good under center for Monticello right now. Looks like they'll line up for two. Six-nothing Sages. 9.22 to go on the 22-yard run by Drew Shepard, the senior quarterback for the Monticello Sages. They are now going to make it a point-after attempt. Cole Sawinski, 22-25 of this year for the point-after. Snap, placement, kick on the way, and it is good. 7-0 Sages as they score on their opening drive and the first drive of this ball game here in Monticello. 9.22 to go in the first quarter. We're back in 30. This is the high school game of the week from the News Gazette at Light Rock 97.5. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Illinois. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the IHSA and the Illinois Athletic Directors Association. Seven nothing Sages. A drive that went 71 yards and used just under three minutes off the first quarter clock. The Sages of Monticello lead 7-0. Drew Shepard, the quarterback, with a 22-yard run to cap it off. And now the Sages going left to right to give the PBL Panthers their first attempt to have the ball. Up the middle is the deep man, Robert Boyd Meets. It's a short kick. It goes out of bounds to the left side, about the 30-yard line. The flag will come out, and PBL will take over without a kickoff return. And the way PBL likes to play offense, Scott Beatty, they like to employ the running game, certainly more so than Monticello has shown so far. A short field, not what you want to give an offense like this. And really excited to see Robert Bo uh, Boyd Meets, pardon me, the highly touted sophomore, 33 in white. Such a big part of this offense. Excited to see him go. He has a big night. He'll cross the 1,000-yard threshold. He's got 903 coming into the ballgame and 16 touchdowns. He's one of two men on the hip of Connor Vaughn, Gertis, and Boyd Meets. And a fumble on the first snap. PBL falls on it. I think Vaughn got it back, but it's a loss of three yards 
from the 35 where the drive just began. Second down and 12 for PBL. Not a good start. Yeah, and it's easy to say, but now you've got to put that behind you if you're PBL. Unforced errors can't add up against a Monticello team that has come out of the gate strong. One in the backfield now for PBL on second and long. They'll go with three wideouts. A man coming in motion is Keaton Snelling. And here is a give to Boyd Meets. He finds a little hole to the left side and will gobble up four yards. Shuffles to his left and is pushed down at the 37. And it will be third and long. So right away with a 7-0 lead for Monticello, PBL trying to find a way to convert. And Boyd Meets gobbling up those yards. He had to work really hard for it. This Monticello defense, the first play they've really had to work on after the fumble, but doing a good job of getting into the backfield, wrapping up Boyd Means. He's just got that low center of gravity. He can run even if he's dragging a man or two. Third down and eight, PBL with the football. They're at their own 37-yard line on their first possession, trailing 7-0. Two backs, and it's a give to Boyd Meets. He finds a hole. He's up the hash. He's near midfield. A first down as he's pushed down from behind by Spencer Mitz. Up to the 49-yard line, just shy of midfield, and PBL now converts on a third down. And that's all Robert Boyd, Boyd meets right there, Scott. He finds the gap. His offensive line opens up for him, and he just takes off. That's such a burst of acceleration. I don't think we've seen that from any one player tonight so far. He can go north-south just as well he can, as he can go east to west. Their own 49 on the near hash right by the big gold-yellow M at midfield. PBL trying to answer the opening touchdown from the Sages. They lead 7-0. Two, two backs, two receivers give Boyd Means. Hunting for an opening, he'll be met by a wall of purple Sages who push him back for a loss. And it'll be second down and 11 at the 48-yard line. PBL lucky they didn't get called for a false start right there. Saw Noah Steiner, number 21, and White come in motion from the right side to the left and hopped off sides by a yard before he got back and lined up as a receiver. And that time, Monticello's defense, that D-line crashing through the offensive line. PBL's offensive line, Scott, also uh, one of our U of I Army ROTC offensive lines of the week and weeks past. Game's going to be one in the trenches. Looks like a Wildcat formation. They have number one, Aiden Johnson, taking the snap, and he'll keep it. And he's up to the line of scrimmage, and then Russ muscled back. Met strong by Spencer Mitz again. We've been calling his number a couple of times already. Third and long for PBL. Officially a gain of a yard. The nose of the football is an inch shy of midfield. 7-0 Sages lead. 6.20 to go. PBL has to convert again with this play. And I think I go to the air here. Monticello has been giving him a lot of space. Go on a quick out route. Get the ball out quick and see what you can do after the catch. Connor Vaughn back to be quarterback. Trips right. One lone running back. Boyd meets. They give it to him. And he's going right across the 50. Now angles to the right to the 45-yard line of Monticello, but well shy of the first down marker, aiming for the 41-yard line. Fourth down here in the middle of the field. What will PBL do? I would go for it here. You're on the Monticello 45, kind of no man's land. Trust your defense early on. Go for this. Get your first down. Boyd Means just got you five on the ground. If he gets you five more, you got the first. Ball's on the 45-yard line, right hash on the far side. And PBL will break the huddle, needing four yards to keep the drive alive. At the Monticello 45, they need the 41. Two receivers near side, one out to the far side. And Boyd Means 
is in the backfield. Now Monticello, it looks like, jumped, and they do offsides, and they'll get the first down. PBL will by penalty. Tough unforced error there. Miles Von Barron hopped offsides. They needed four, and they've got five. Just curious uh, watching Monticello's defense here, Scott. You know, they don't have a safety back. They've got everyone pressed in within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Got to be careful. You don't want to get beat over top here, maybe on a streak or a go round. So first down at the Monticello 40 PBL football trailing 7-0. 5.08 to go in the first quarter. Now a quick out pass. It's caught by Aiden Johnson, and he's pushed out of bounds across the 40-yard line. Gain of a couple. First pass we've seen PBL throw tonight. And again, just a quick hitter to the sideline. Johnson had a convoy. It was a screen of some kind, trying to let those receivers on the right side get out in front of them and block. Pass led him to the sideline, and Monticello's defense did a good job of forcing him out. Gain of one yard. The only yard they've gained in the air on this drive. Second down at nine. Seven-nothing Monticello. PBL football in Monticello territory. On the snap give to Boyd Meats. He's streaking straight up. Never mind, that's Curtis with a huge gainer up to the 40, uh, to the 25, 24 yard line. Another first down and PBL complementing the running game with O'Quinn Curtis, the senior who's hit the end zone a couple of times this year as well. And coming into this year, Scott, O'Quinn Curtis, kind of the guy in the running game. Big senior, 180 pounder, 5'10 frames, got a lot of power, been a big part of this program for years. Soft spoken but he can get a lot done for you on the ground. Where's number three? He's on the left hip of the quarterback. Boyd Means on the right hip, and one of the threes will get it. It is Gertis. He's got a big chunk again, good for about a five-yard gain into the red zone, stuffed at the 19-yard line near the sideline. Second down and five coming up, maybe a four. It's 3.46 to go first quarter. Monticello leads 7-0. PBL trying to answer the Sages game-opening drive with a score of their own. Vaughn's got two backs off each hip again. Two receivers to the far side, the snap. And this time the handoff is to uh, to Boyd Means. And he's met at the line of scrimmage, shoved back a yard. Maybe two to the 19, third down coming up. They need the 15-yard line. Yeah, need about seven yards here. And, and win, lose, or draw, Scott, this has been a good drive for PBL's offense. Of course, it would be a disappointment to not end this in the end zone, but they've marched down the field. They've burned some time off. They've held the ball. They've done a good job so far. Now you got to finish on third down. PBL trying to bounce back after losing for the first time last week. Shotgun formation again, third down, and a long five, maybe six. From the 20, give Boyd Meats going to the numbers. He's angling up the sideline. He pushes over the first down marker. Does that make it a first down? We'll see how they <laughs> spot it. He's very close. If not, at the 15-yard line, ball is on the chalk of the 15 on the far hash. That is inches shy of first down with 2.42 to go. Another fourth down opportunity for PBL. Trailing 7-0. Looks like fourth and a long yard here, and here I think you you can't get fancy with it. You've got to go up the gut. You've got Curtis in the backfield. Maybe give it to him and let him get to that yard. They're going on a wildcat. Snap to Boyd Meets. He fumbles. He falls forward, and depending on the spot, we'll see. It's Sage's football. They turn it over on downs. Boyd Meets recovered. 
but he fell short of the line to gain about the 14-and-a-half-yard line, and the Sages stand. Great wherewithal on the part of Boyd Means to fall on that and kind of roll forward, but you can't advance that fumble there for the yard you need, and Monticello's defense holds great job by the Sages. Again, two very well-coached teams. They get off the field. Ben, don't break. They do that early on. So the Sages will start at their own 15-yard line. They lead 7-0. Here comes their second possession. Snap to Shepard. He runs straight up. The quarterback gains six yards off left tackle for a nice gain to make it second down. 2.30 to go here in the first quarter. Shepard scored the only touchdown in the first possession. This one starting here on their own 15-yard line. And officially a gain of seven, second down and three here for the Sages as they reshuffle personnel. Shepard, the quarterback, but also plays on defense. Not the ideal setup for your quarterback, but he's a gamer. Yeah, to give you an idea of just how mobile he is, play safety. He's the last line of defense on that defensive unit. Got a pink wristband on his right forearm, and he gives it to his tailback. This is Teshke. Teshke has a first down as he motors to the right side and is brought to his knees at the 29-yard line. A nice gainer there for Luke Teshke, a junior who sometimes be split out, sometimes will be the running back and can serve as a quarterback as well. 7-0 lead, Monticello Sages. They have a first down now at their own 29-yard line, going left to right. On this grass field here at Monticello, nice intimate environment for a football game. Shepard is under his center, the captain Jarvis. He takes a quick lob throw to the left side, overshot a man, and out of bounds intended for Teshke. That was a forward pass of all about a yard, but the total distance of that football was a good 25 yards thrown nearly into the visitors' stands. Yeah, it hop it on a bounce, it hopped the five-foot fence that separates PBL's bench from the stands. Just a little too quick that time from Shepard. But as Monticello's offense starts to diversify a little bit, something we didn't see a lot in their first drive was the handoff. It was either Shepard passing or Shepard keeping. And now they've given the ball just a little more to Luke Teshke. Second down and 10 from the 29-yard line of the Sages. Shepard looks at his play card on his left wrist this time. Four wideouts and a tailback. He's back to throw, being rushed, dumps it off for Teshke to the 30. Teshke leaning forward and wrapped up at the 34-yard line. So now about a third and four to go for the Sages with 132 here in the first quarter. Monticello up 7-0. That was a great job by Kendall Swanson and... Uh, Kendall Swanson, pardon me, and Caden Snelling for PBL. And we'll get to that in a minute. Aiden Grohler gave pressure, too. Here's the third and four. Shepard, quick out, out. Route is caught by Raiden Colbert. Colbert has a first down. Colbert across the 45 to the 46-yard line for the purple and gold here in Monticello. And they'll move the sticks. 109 to go first quarter. Sages up 7-0. Call it the 47-yard line. Now tempo here for the Sages. Trying to keep PBL on the ropes. A little dump out to the right side off the hand of Raiden Colbert. And it's second and 10 from the 47-yard line. And I was going to say on Kendall, uh, or rather on Caden Snelling a moment ago, easy to conflate the two, both KS. Uh, Snelling, a linebacker, 
in on a lot of pressure, uh, as is Swanson right now, and both so athletic, able to get to the right spot on the field and uh, cut off the ball carrier, you know, whenever they get the ball, especially out of the backfield. you got to watch Swanson and Snelling on this defensive unit. Snelling, the leading tackler for the PBL Panthers, 102 to go, second down and 10, Sage's football, man in motion to the left side. Now PBL jumps, out comes the laundry. And we'll see who the offender is. They are calling against PBL. It's offsides on Kendall Swanson. So a free five yards for the Sages, and they'll move into PBL territory with the ball now on the 48-yard line. I jinxed him right after I sung his praises. Swanson hops offsides. 101 here to go in the first quarter. Sages lead 7-0. Second and five. Man in motion again to the far side. And a give to Teshke. Teshke on an end around, and now he flips it out, and it is caught, caught by Welter. Welter with a good penetration into PBL territory across the 35. Some trick plays there. I didn't quite see how that transpired. That must have been a lateral of sorts to Trey Welter, the junior son of head coach Cully Welter, first down at the 34-yard line for the Sages. They lead 7-0 into PBL territory. And now Shepard with a keeper comes around, and he is met by a pancake brick wall of Hayden Holland. But still, Shepard made it for a good run. Second down now as he gets to the 28-yard 20, line. Pickup of about six yards. 18 seconds to go for the first quarter. Looks like they'll get one more playoff at least. Shepard going to the left, and it's caught right as he's has caught a tackle, but it's good for first down. That is to the 23-yard line. Pass complete to Trey Welter. His 24th reception of the season, and time will tick away here on the first quarter. Sage is knocking on the door of another score. First down and 10 from the 23 when we come back. The Sages lead PBL 7-0. This is the high school game of the week from the News Gazette and Light Rock 97.5. At Prospect Bank, we look forward to partnering with you. When you partner with Prospect Bank, you will experience dedicated customer service paired with secure and convenient banking solutions. Because we are Prospect Bank, the Opportunity Bank. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no bigger place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help you make your goals a reality, become a leader, and serve your country all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll in Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships, tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC. Getting ready for the second quarter, and it's the Sages trying to go up two scores on PBL. 7-0 they lead. It's first and 10 from the 23-yard line. Here at Monticello High School, Scott Beatty and Joey Wright with you. One of the News Gazette little foam footballs just went flying in the stands. I thought we don't give those out till later in the game. I think it's cheerleaders' discretion whenever they want oh. to toss them out. You've got to give them a reason to stick around, right? 
Shepard out of shotgun about four yards behind center. On a keeper, moving to his right. He's to the 20. He is down to the 16-yard line. A flag comes out. That's typically in the area of holding. They'll mark it at the 17 for a moment, but we'll wait the official's word. 7-0 Sages. Monticello's heading backwards. Looks like they think it's against them. Scott, Monticello doing such a great job of controlling the tempo right now. The Sages, it's almost like, you know, obviously you use the, the track meet cliche, right? But it's... Uh, they're moving up and down. They're not being slowed down by anything. They're completing passes, running the ball, and just storming up and down the field right now. The only thing that's stopped them so far on this drive is a holding penalty was just called. That'll push them way back. First down back to the 34-yard line. They need the 14. So first and 20 for the Sages, leading 7-0. Man in motion to the near side. And Shepard rolling to his left, looking to throw. Fires a bullet. It's caught at the 25-yard line. Tackled out of bounds on the near side. It's Spencer Mitz and a great completion. Shepard with an accurate throw there to make it a second and about 12 at the ball on the 25. Yeah, put it exactly where it needed to go. And Mitz came around in motion that time from the right to the left side. Ran a simple out route and Shepard able to connect with him. Simple offense. First time seeing Monticello in person this season. And I am taken aback with how creative this offense is. Collie Welter in his 14th season as the head coach of Monticello has never missed the playoffs. They need a win tonight to be playoff eligible. They're up 7-0 right now. 11 minutes to go in the second quarter. Shepard rolling right this time. And he hurls a pass towards the end zone. Nearly picked off. He threw it short. And Dalton Jones, the senior DB, got his hands on it at about the five-yard line. Didn't see who the intended target was. But now it's third and long as he looked for Wade Carroll. About near the pylon. Still third and long, but that's one you'd like to have. And Shepard got hit right as he threw it. Good job by the PBL defensive front, only bringing three to get to him. But you got to have that interception, especially at the goal line. Now we'll see what PBL dials up here on third and 12. They've converted a few big third down plays. It's third down and 12. Sages leading 7-0. Man in motion is Teshke. Moves to the right side. Shepard, three-step drop. Steps up in the pocket. A slant pattern to the 15-yard line. Intended for Welter. Incomplete, but in come flags. And it is pass interference. And this may give them the first down. And I'm curious, from your vantage point, Scott, did it look like Caden Snelling might have tipped that pass? Maybe they called a late hit, just got close. Yeah, our spotter, Jason Liggett, says no, he did not. So, yeah, that will be pass interference at the second level. And that's a tough penalty because I don't know if that pass would have been completed anyways. Snelling didn't deflect it, but he certainly disrupted it. And that's going to be a, a tough, unforced error. Keeping your defense on the field is Monticello. It just continues to hit you from so many different avenues. And now Drew Shepard's got looking really good in the passing game, looks comfortable, and he's certainly mobile in the pocket right now. So the ball is moved up to the 15-yard line. This is not a first down. This is third and three. Third and three. Really, it's a 16-yard line. Well, and now they're moving it forward. And now the referees need to figure this out. 10.50 on the clock. The referees are going to... The, the chains had not, have not moved. The yard to gain, according to the chains, is still the 13-yard line. I don't know if it's a spot foul. 
Well, if that was pass interference, it should have been an automatic first down. So I, I don't know why it would still be third down if indeed pass interference was the call. And that's what it was signaled and announced. So they'll sort this out. The head official coming all the way back to about the 35-yard line. Now he signals it is first down. That's a, I, thought, I thought pass interference gave you an automatic first down. I think that's what the Sages were saying. First down for the Sages signal. All right, so 13-yard line is now the spot of the ball, and it's a first down. Sages up 7-0, 10 to go. Shepard out of the shotgun. Sends in motion Bundy. Shepard keeps it himself across the 10. Dives up to about the 6-yard line. Shepard has already run in for one tonight, making it 7-0. Sage is looking for their second towards the south end zone. That big old uh, brick building behind the south goalposts. The north goalposts, that is. 10.23 to go. Three receivers to the right, one to the left. And a fumbled snap. The PBL Panthers fall on it but not before a false start is called, and that is actually maybe the best outcome of that play because it was otherwise a turnover. Yeah, that was uh, saved by the bell, right? And Shepard did a nice job of trying to get back to it, but you'll take the false start here and try to settle in here, and you've got to settle in. It'll be second and looks like nine. If they get a first down, it won't quite be a ton. You know, it'll be... Still three yards of a goal-to-go situation. I think you just go back to the ground here and get back to basics. Second down and nine from the 12-yard line. They need the three. They don't have to score. Shepard on a high snap. Shepard moves right as he flushed from the pocket. Now he steps up, and he is met hard by O'Quinn Gertis. Maybe got a yard out of it. Now it's third down. Sage is up 7-0. They're looking for another score here in the second quarter with under 10 minutes to go. Yeah, and if they can punch it in, that wouldn't be the end of the world for PBL, but it would get a lot harder. Not too early to start considering the Panthers do get the second-half kickoff, and they've moved the ball well enough so far, but Monticello, you want to take that two-goal lead early on, two-score lead early on. They go with a heavy package up front. Mitz is near the offensive line and an end around and this is a trick play Teshke spins around was looking to throw and he's tackled for a big time loss and PBL says they have the football I think the Sages will keep it the clock will keep moving but a huge loss for the Sages as it was a flip to Teshke and then he spun back to his going right but curling back almost to do a 270 to the left side and he was blown up for a big time loss it is fourth down at the 28 yard line and they need the three yeah great job of describing that Scott clearly he wanted to pass but a trick play quickly became a busted play and PBL's defensive line and linebackers they brought a lot of pressure there did a great job of not even letting him throw it away getting their hands up making it difficult and they're going to go for this on fourth and a mile they'll call a timeout first I think maybe just to see what PBL came out in but kind of in no man's land still here Scott even with a fourth and call it 23 to go they've got a little wiggle room before uh, uh, the goal line to get that first down but why not why not take a shot to the end zone and trust your defense who got off the field in their first time out for a high school field goal this would be a very long attempt it'd be about a 45 yarder by the time they put it down so 
fourth and go for it, basically. The Sages have the ball after taking it over on downs against PBL back in the first quarter. Now PBL trying to return the favor. Sages lead 7-0. They marched quickly down the field, did the Sages in the opening drive, going 71 yards on a Drew Shepard 22-yard touchdown run. And PBL was moving the ball well on the ground, but came to a stop on a fourth down play and the Sages took over at their own 15. Now trying to keep this drive going. It'll have fourth and officially 27 yards to go. No, I'm going to call that 24. I would, I would too. It's not in zone or bust. Remember, they need, need the, the three. three. Yeah. I'd still bring a little pressure here if I'm PBL. Trust your secondary or linebackers to make a play, but make Shepard get the ball off soon. Two receivers each side, one lone setback. Shepard. Stepping back, looking to throw, moves to his right, now being flushed, nearly hit from behind, throws up a wobbler to the end zone, and it sails out of bounds by the goalposts, and PBL will take over with 8.25 to go. Sages 7, Panthers nothing. How about that from Jamison Lee, the receiver and linebacker, the junior getting into the backfield, wound up about five yards behind Shepard and kind of chased him forward. He wanted him to scramble, give him a few yards and get the ball back. A good job to uh, release the ball. Shepard just chucking up a Hail Mary to the end zone, essentially overthrew his man by about a yard, almost threw it through the uprights. Almost made his field goal. Yeah, you don't get three for that. (laughs) But uh, good job by both fronts, just didn't go Monticello. PBL takes over on their own 28-yard line two tailbacks, two running backs. It is Boyd Means crisscrossing in front of his quarterback, and he's gone. He's going to the house up the left sideline. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Robert Boyd Means, 72 yards. 8.13 to go, and the Panthers, like lightning, are ready to tie this up. And this game just changed on a dime. Robert Boyd, Boyd Meets, pardon me, he's done such a great job, has Boyd Meets today, of just bursting through gaps, that acceleration. I mean, he can crank up his speed when he needs to, can also go east-west, but just finds a gap, shoots through it. There was no one home in the secondary to bring him down. It looks like the Panthers will go for two. That is more of their M.O. Vaughn, the quarterback, has two tailbacks. He fakes a handoff. He rolls to his right, and he had a man open. And it's in and through the fingertips of O'Quinn Gertis. And the attempt for a two-point conversion on the right side of the end zone is incomplete. And the Sages will hold a lead 7-6 to six with 8.13 to go in the second quarter. A 72-yard run by Robert Boyd Meets. We've got a great game going here in Monticello. Back in 30 seconds here on the high school game of the week. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student-athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Illinois. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Robert Boyd meets with a huge run. Brings this game within one. Tyler Weagle set to put a boot in it for the PBL Panthers. Kick on its way to the Sages. Taken at the 10-yard line. 
This is by Teshke. Now has a hole. He cuts back. He's to the 40. He's cross midfield. He's in front of everybody. Luke Teshke, five touchdown. Luke Teshke goes 90 yards on a kickoff return, and the Sages lead 13 to 6 as they light up the fire truck. No matter who wins this game, that might be the play of the game. Holy cow, Tashke, you score that as a 90-yard return. He had to run a lot more than 90 yards to get that. Scott Beatty goes right, starts on the hash, and then goes backwards, sideways, finding gaps, turns up the speed, had to beat a man too. You know, it wasn't a given when he crossed midfield. He was going to shake off the defense and get in, but Luke Teshke to the house. Well done. He had a 95-yard interception return earlier this year and now has that as a kickoff return. Cole Sawinski for the extra point. Snap, kick on the way, through the uprights, and the Sages say anything you can do, I can do better, and they lead it 14-6 with 7.56 to go. And that is the first kickoff return we've seen on the Light Rock 97.5 at News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week this season. Teshke, and, and that surprises me a little, Scott, because you see a lot of kickoff returns in the high school game. It's so wide open. You've got such good athletes, uh, such a disparity, really, because your top athletes can be a lot better than everyone else. You know, kickoffs are a, a, a great way to spark some offense, spark some scoring, and uh, Teshke that time doing exactly what he needed to. Uh, you know, it's never great as a head coach as a fan, really, when you see a guy running backwards and sideways, finding gaps with Teshke all the way through. You just had the feeling you knew exactly where he was going. Special teams have been big for Monticello this year. They've had a scoop and score. They've had blocked punts. They've also had defensive touchdowns, and they're a kickoff return for a TD for the Sages. And the purple and gold leading 14-6 with 7.56 to go in the second quarter. So now, don't count out Robert Boyd means thinking the same thing might they run it back he has done that already this year as a return man and Sawinski's kick is a lob shot caught at the 20 25 30 35 to the 37 yard line for PBL and a good return I believe by Jamie Lee so PBL will have solid foot uh, field position and Given that they like to go for two, they're really down, you know, down eight points. They really are in position to answer back here. I'll put it really at the 39, okay? So we saw the, the last two scoring plays. We saw the 72-yard touchdown run, the 90-yard kickoff return. See if we see uh, Robert Boyd meets again here. He's had a little time to rest. On. With two running backs off each hip out of the shotgun. And they give to Boyd meets to the left side. Up to the line of scrimmage, and he'll get two yards before he's tangled up by a couple of sages. Second down on the way at the 41-yard line. All right, back to business as usual. The chunk plays uh, taking a break for now, and we'll see what PBL's offense does here. You know, they, they've had two very contrasting drives. They had the one-play 72-yard touchdown. First time they had the ball, very slow and methodical, working it up the field slowly. We'll see what we see here. Curtis off the left hip, 
Boyd Meats off the right hip of Vaughn. It's Boyd Meats getting the call again. Off the end, has an edge. He's up for a first down. He is across the 40. He is across midfield, that is. He's across the 45 out of bounds. And Boyd Meats continue to pick up a lot of yardage. He is, should be well past 100 at this point. So he's at 1,000 yards for the season and a gainer of 14 yard lines 14 yards there yeah their yard lines also he would be expected to break about every rushing record in pbl's record book if he can keep this up for uh, the rest of this year and his next two years such a talented running back gonna have a lot of college looks be a big time here if pbl can answer the sages trailing 14-6 give to boyd beats bounces off a tackle moves to his left makes something out of nothing gets three yards out of that and he's wrapped up near the far sideline by about three Sages. An injured PBL Panther on his back here as the Sages lead PBL 14-6 with 6.36 to go. Aaron Kavayich is the shaken up Panther. Second down on the way when play resumes. Ron, this is beautiful. It's my first time here to Monticello uh, to this field. And you have the natural grass surface. You're not on a track so fans are much closer to the action and then my uh my favorite sort of the little little uh flourish there to t garnish if you will are these mums on each yes. side of the end zone you have golden mums planted behind the north end zone and purple mums behind the south end zone Georgia's got between the hedges. <laughs> I say Monticello's got between the mums. It's a nice touch, a beautiful landscaping, and I know Monticello takes a lot of pride in their facilities. How about this press box? It's very spacious up here. A lot of Yeah, you uh, could fit four people in this spot just yeah. alone, which I know is appreciated <laughs> by all four people here in this booth. Absolutely. And Monticello's hospitality, uh, a call to athletic director Dan Sheehan, running a great show here. Uh, just a beautiful night for football, and I, I know it's my job to add the color. How about the colors on the field right now? You mentioned those moms, but a very appealing uniform matchup to look at. Soft colors, uh, cool colors, very easy on the eyes, all purple for Monticello with yellow helmets, gold helmets maybe you'd call them, with purple M's on the side. And then for uh, PBL, blue lids, blue pants, clean white jerseys with blue numbers, some yellow trim. It's, uh, it's, it's just a, two simple uniforms, two easy looks but uh, looking pretty good and a lot of uh, pink on display here as well october breast cancer awareness month so almost every sage is wearing something pink on their arms or their legs uh and then the cheerleaders are wearing pink t-shirts some of the railings are wrapped in pink and the pink ribbons that are pretty ubiquitous in the month of october are painted onto the 35 yard lines on the home side so there goes your uh Karela uh, Crayola <laughs> color box description of the night. A and quick call to uh, Monticello's new principal, Travis Corson, on hand tonight, as you'd expect. Uh, when I was a student at Urbana High School so many years ago, he was an assistant principal there, popped up to say hello, appreciated the chance to talk with him, and he is in uh, a very very bright pink. It looked like a crew neck, might have been a hoodie. Maybe my memory's deceiving me, but uh, he, he's one of many who is decked out, as you said, in uh, pink for a good cause tonight. Well, let's talk about these sages started off the season slow losing to st joe in august 21 to 14 then they won back to back beating uh, ivcc and uh, milwaukee school of arts dropped a, a tough one to bloomington catholic and that was one they led in the third quarter and then have rattled off two big wins against pontiac and rantoul they've scored 100 points in the last two ball games 
as they lead this one 14-6 with 6.36 to go. All adds up to 4-2. and two. Five wins gets you playoff eligibility. You need six to really put a stamp on it, but it looks like this year five's good enough. I think five's good enough, and we can dive into the, the, the playoff points and the scenarios, but I think five wins this year in 3A is going to be good enough, especially in the Illini Prairie Conference. They've played good competition. Their opponents have enough wins, I think, to, to make it happen. But you'd like that sixth win. I just don't know that six wins is in the cards for Monticello this season. They're a great team. They can hang with anyone in the IPC. But th- 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 this three-game stretch to close the season, leading uh, by just a touchdown here against PBL midway through quarter number two. And then Prairie Central, who I think is going to run the tables, finish this thing out 9-0. and Not a knock on uh, Monticello, just uh, the Hawks really good this season. And then Tolono Unity in the last week of the season. We'll have that on 97-5 for you. The Rockets lost to Prairie Central week one, and I think that really – uh, made them pretty upset because they haven't lost since. It, just a, a brutal stretch for the Sages to, to wrap this thing up. And PBL doesn't have an easy slate either. Unity and uh, St. Joseph Ogden on deck. Yeah, PBL met their match last week, losing to Prairie Central, as you mentioned, 51-8. to And Josh Pritchard said straight up, he, he's kind of putting it on himself. He said, I got outcoached. We weren't ready for some of the formations that we saw, but they also just didn't execute. They're looking for a bounce back. After starting out 5-0, and just with a like a freight train with a head of steam down the tracks, they got, they got derailed last week. They're trying to get back on, and really you're seeing here firsthand how important this sophomore Robert Boyd means is. Last year only had a little, little taste of of varsity play got into a play busted one out and then it was called back i think that was the kickoff return uh or a punt return that was called back uh and this year has been everything to this offense again it's a run heavy offense and you use a little bit of o'quinn gertis but then everything else is robert boyd meets he's over a thousand yards with uh, tonight's performance and i didn't expect frankly obviously first time seeing pbl in person this year i didn't expect Boyd Meads to necessarily be as explosive as he's been tonight. You know, talked with PBL before the season. Season preview on the Panthers. They opened the season, I believe, at number four in the News Gazette's top ten. And, you know, talking with the coaching staff. All right, we got a sophomore running back. Might be pretty good. Talk with him a little later this season. Last week, it's okay, Robert Boyd Meads is the real deal. He's really impressed this season and continuing to impress. Against, as we talked about, Scott, a Monticello team that prides itself on its defense. This is not some ragtag group of players thrown out on the field. This is a good defensive unit. Kovayich has been helped off the field under his own uh, assisted as he is able to walk off. That's the good news. The bad news for the Panthers is they lose six foot two, two 270 left guard at least for one play and you don't get uh, more than a thousand yards from your running back without that big, uh, big stuff up front. So as it stands, it'll be second down and seven. 6.36 to go in the second quarter. Monticello 14, PBL 6, PBL football in Monticello territory with second and seven coming up. Now the two sides had come up to the line of scrimmage and now they're being called back. I don't know if somebody called timeout or if there's something more to be sorted out. I told Dan Sheehan... we might have a continued timeout here for Kovayich. And, and yeah, we they, abs- he may need some more attention is yeah. what we're told, and they may need to... Yeah, the athletic director for the Sages came out. I, Unfortunately, I think we're going to see a, an emergency vehicle come out here to help him uh, get some more attention, and that's, that is not good to see, so we will uh, wish the best here for Aaron Kovayich. PBL 
is 5-1, and one, as we mentioned, and in... In 2019, Josh Pritchard took over, 9-3 and three season. The 2021 campaign after the COVID year went 7-4. and four. Here they are at 5-1. and one. They've gone to the playoffs seven straight, and Josh Pritchard taking over for Jeff Graham, who was at the helm for several seasons. Graham's son is a senior now, Ty Graham, and we learned that uh, Ty Graham is a senior. Didn't know Dad was going to leave the football job when he joined the football team as a freshman. He found out, like his other teammates, he stayed on and he's playing for his dad's successor in Josh Pritchard. And having talked with PBL football a couple of times this fall, uh, as I said, before the season started, Matt Daniels and I, News Gazette sports editor, went out to Paxton last week for a podcast. Josh Pritchard, just a, a guy, you get the sense that his players really rally behind him and enjoy playing for him. He's had a lot of success. PBL coming into a new conference last year in the IPC didn't miss a beat. They continue to impress, and uh, I think that probably eased the transition a little bit for Ty Graham uh, coming in. He's a senior now, big impact, senior heavy team are the Panthers. We've talked a lot about Boyd Meats as a sophomore, but you know, you look at uh, a senior in Kendall Swanson, such a big part of that offensive line. Kavayach, a senior as well. And then you go down the line, Caden uh, Snelling is a senior as well. O'Quinn Gertis, a senior. Aiden Johnson, a senior. Uh, so many big pieces. Uh, Connor Vaughn is a sophomore, their quarterback, so he's kind of in that class with Boyd Meats, but uh, yeah, so the many. two guys that are touching the football the most <laughs> are sophomores and the quarterback and the running back, but then they're surrounded by this wall of veterans. Yeah, the, the offensive line, which kind of makes everything go for this offense, senior heavy, and then Snelling and Swanson so big on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Snelling, an all-conference caliber linebacker. You know, you get that senior leadership there. Uh, going to be interesting to see how PBL does over the, the years, uh, you know, because as you, you there is a senior core there but there's also as we talked about that that sophomore group Connor Vaughn and, and Robert Boyd meets should be a, a fun group to watch as we continue to send our best to Aaron Kovayich down at the 50 yard line on the bench yeah he's going to be uh, he's been sitting up and uh, the whatever attention he has been given medically I it looks to me that it, it's lower body as opposed to upper uh, but nonetheless they're gonna they're gonna cart him across the field and um, get him some more attention. So we will do that. Uh, we will uh, step aside here for 60 while they continue to give some attention to Aaron Kovayich. Sages 14, PBL 6, 6.36 left in the second quarter, second and seven when play resumes, and it'll be PBL football. That's ahead. Step aside here for 60 on the News Gazette at Light Rock 97.5, Game of the Week. So, how are the kids? Well, Emily made the honor roll. Oh, good for her. Yeah, we're really proud of her. Tyler, on the other hand, though. What's going on? He's been moody lately, just feeling down and not like himself. Oh, we've been there. Nick was struggling last spring. He was so anxious and stressed. Really? What helped? Well, he joined the soccer team. And ever since, he's been a lot happier. He has more energy. He's less stressed. And he's definitely in a better mood at home. It's made a huge difference. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad he's getting out of the house. He's getting some exercise. And he's off his phone for once. It's been good for his mental health. Sounds like it's been good for your mental health, too. Participating in Illinois high school sports improves students' physical and mental health. 
Encourage your son or daughter to get involved. This message presented by the IHSA and the Illinois Athletic Directors Association. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about Money for College at studentaid.gov. Somber scene here at Monticello High School as Aaron Kavayash of PBL is being this, uh, is on a stretcher being uh, taken to an ambulance that will take him off to the Kirby Medical Center and um, we pray and hope for the best for Aaron Kavayash. 14 to 6, Monticello leads PBL football on the 42 yard line, second down and seven when play resumes here in a moment. And I'll say just real quick on Kavayach, a scary scene, but uh, just want to remind everyone, these scenes always a little scary by design. Trained professionals out there. Uh, Taking every precaution. Every precaution, doing what they're trained to do, giving Kavayach the best treatment possible. All right, now the two teams need to get motored up here again. From the 42, we're back underway. Boyd meets with a good motor. He's up to the 40, 39. He's got his ankles wrapped up, and then about six purple sages are storming to the ball carrier and push him down he got uh, about four yards out of that it'll be third down and four for the panthers trailing 14 to 6 with 6 12 to go in the second quarter kavayach off the field he's such a big part of pbl's offensive line but the way that robert boyd meets has been taking the ball uh, left to right you know kind of trying to run outside the line and get to the sidelines we'll see how big of an impact that winds up being boyd meets if you're just joining us so explosive already has a 72-yard touchdown to his name tonight without kavayach as left guard first play was off to the right third down here and four whistle blows and timeout called by the panthers they'll utilize their first with 545 to go here on the third down and they trail by eight and all these stoppages here last couple of minutes, I I don't know if that's going to hurt the PBL offense because that's kind of been their M.O. tonight, Scott, is they they don't go as quick as Monticello does, you know, kind of slow and methodical. They had that big chunk play I just mentioned uh, from, from Boyd Meats earlier. But by and large, they take their time. Uh, they're not in such a hurry. And I think third down, and they'll call this three here in Monticello territory, I think you just come out and you, you go back to your running back, whether that's Boyd Meats or we've seen Oakwin and Gertis get a few touches. Um, left side, I don't know, maybe you favor the right a little more now, but still, you've been running the ball well. I think you come out here on third down, see what 
pressure Monticello shows, but just pound the rock and get these three yards. Monticello looking for playoff eligibility. Panthers looking for a bounce back win and an assured playoff spot, but they likely already have that with five wins under their belt. But they lost for the first time last week. Panthers third and three at the 38. Down by eight, 5.45 to go, second quarter. Vaughn in shotgun. Vaughn, a pitch to the left of Boyd Meets. Boyd has a hole, off left tackle. He's across the 35 for a first down. And he'll gain about five total up to the 33. First down PBL. They've been able to find ways to convert on third down all night. And what I think Monticello needs to do here to counter Robert Boyd Meads, I think Boyd Meads is the fastest player we've seen all season. I think Monticello needs to bring a little more pressure off the edge, try and get some penetration off the tackles and get into the backfield. Don't let him cut to the sideline. Take off those avenues and get in his way. Fresh set of downs, down by eight. Into Monticello territory. They mark it at the 34, first down for the Panthers. Vaughn is going to pass out to the left side. It is caught by Steiner. Steiner pushed out of bounds by the Sage defense. He got a couple of yards out of the whole thing. We do not see the Panthers throw very much, and when they do, it's those short out routes. Yeah, getting the ball out quick, key to this PBL offense. Good tackle from Wade Carroll getting in and knocking Steiner out of bounds. And Monticello, I think they've kind of gotten mindful to the PBL run game. Last couple plays, Scott, they've brought five on the line. Not bringing all five. One of them, usually a linebacker, drops off into coverage. But you've got the ability, if you see run, to plug those gaps and really sell out on that early on. Now two running backs on each side of Vaughn out of shotgun, slaps his knees, gets the ball. And in a crowd up there, a burst for Boyd Meese up the left sideline. He's got the touchdown. I thought he was done for, and somehow he emerged out of the pile, unscathed for a 33-yard scamper. And once again, the Panthers are within shouting distance of an extra point to tie this game or a two-point conversion. It's 14-12. You've heard of three yards and a cloud of dust. That was a cloud of dust and 33 yards. Where'd he come from? There was a, a mass of humanity, and Boyd Means all of a sudden squirts through and, and takes it to the house. He is so quick, folks. 33 yards for number 33 and his second touchdown of the night. And now a two-point conversion would tie this ball game up at 14 apiece with 4.20 to go. Boyd Meets stands off the right hip of Connor Vaughn in a shotgun with a ball on that center line three yards from the end zone. They put a guy out on the left flank. That's Noah Steiner. Vaughn, snap. He steps back. He looks right. He throws, and he threw it right at a sage. It was nearly an interception. It was nearly picked off by Tyler Bundy, intended for Caden Snelling. The two-point conversion comes up empty again for PBL, and they trail 14-12. to 12. And it's such an interesting debate when you get down inside the, the five-yard line, specifically going for two at the two, three-yard line. Do you run or do you pass? There's not a lot of space to work with when you're kind of in that facing the end zone territory, but if you come out maybe five wide shotgun look, you can spread the field around, make something happen. But, you know, on the other side of the coin, you're so close to the end zone, why not run it, try to pick up a couple of yards? And, and Colin Likas and I on Prep Football Confidential the other day, we had Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin head coach Mark Dodd on. Blue Devils last week were in a situation they needed to go for two to try and win the game, and what he told us, players, not plays necessarily. So 
clearly Josh Pritchard, these two-point conversions, trusts his passing game to pick up those two yards, even though they've been running the ball so well tonight. See if that continues as we go along. 14-12 Sages, they've been helped by two empty two-point conversion attempts for PBL, but Robert Boyd meets with two touchdowns tonight for the Panthers. And we got a good one here in the first half. Weagle, a strong kick, sends back Bundy. He fields it at the five, straight up the center of the field. Now England to the left, up to the 20, to the 25. And now he is wrestled back at the 28-yard line. That's where they'll give him progress, give it him the 29 for a little bit of extra. And 4.26 to go in the second quarter, Monticello Sages football. They are up 14 to 12, and they will move from south to north, right to left. See if Cully Welter and company take a little off on this offensive drive. 4.26, PBL has the ball out of the gates in the second half, but Monticello's been so up-tempo, I don't know if they'll try to take much off the clock. Shepard has Bundy off his right hip. And he pulls it from Bundy, and he'll have a keeper, and he is met at the line of scrimmage and wrestled from the hips all the way down by Kendall Swanson, the 280-pound senior for the Panthers with a great open field tackle. A two-yard gain on officially there for Shepard, but he was looking for more. Yeah, Shepard's been so mobile tonight, and, you know, he's so adept getting out of the pocket, and he's drug a few defenders at... Uh, different points tonight. Tough guy to bring down. Second down and eight. At the 31-yard line of the Sages. A quick out pattern caught by Bundy at the 30. Gets by one. He's up the 40, 45. Ankle tackle. Maybe saving a touchdown by Caden Snelling at the 47-yard line. And a big first down for the Sages with 3.41 to go. They're up by two points. And they're gonna wind it up here, Scott. No tempo offense. They're sticking with what's worked so far. A gainer for the first down on a quick out pass. And now a high snap to Shepard. He throws out to the left side for Teschke as a whistle blows laundry on the field. I think we'll have a procedural penalty. Senior band parents, please collect the 3.27 to go in the second quarter as we await the signal. Please come to the south end zone. Oh, this is the longest deliberation over a false start penalty I've ever seen. There was a long conversation there between a couple of officials. It's a five-yard penalty. You move it back, second down, or still first down, first and 15. I guess they couldn't tell who jumped first. (laughs) We've all seen it. We all know it. That's right. 43-yard line now of the Sages with 3.27 to go, first and 15. They're up by two here in the second quarter. Good ball game. Panthers bunch up a little bit in a 3-3-5 look for them. Shepard fakes right, moves left, across midfield, keeping it himself to the 45, falling forward with a couple of Panthers on each side of him. He is just shy of the first down, a gain of about 13 yards for Drew Shepard. Under three minutes to go, and the senior scoring a touchdown earlier today for the first points of this ball game. Trey Welter did a nice job of pushing Shepard forward. Shepard did a nice job of kind of spinning and uh, pushing the defender back, but Welter was right behind, right behind him to push him along. Second and two at the 44 in PBL territory on the near hash. Shepard fakes, pulls, gives it himself. He's met by three 
Panthers who blow up the play for a loss. One of them, Matt Suava, the sophomore defensive lineman. And Shepard, I think that time Scott would have been best advised to throw it away, lost a yard as the defense was able to get him. He, he could have probably gotten it off to Welter. I don't know that Welter had a lot in front of him. But uh, I guess the, the silver lining to that is it keeps the clock moving, and you know Monticello can kind of work it here up to two to play in the, in the half. Yep, now we're under the two-minute mark. Monticello football leading 14-12, third down and three yards to go. Ball at the 45. And it they looks will like work Monticello it. is trying to bleed off some clock here. And finally, with a few ticks left on the play clock, they call their own timeout to preserve things here on the field. So it started with a Drew Shepard opening drive touchdown of 22 yards to make it 7-0. Robert Boyd Meets of PBL tied up, nearly tied up the game with a 72-yard touchdown run for PBL. That made it 7-6, but they did not convert on the two-point attempt. Ensuing kickoff. Monticello's Luke Teschke with a 90-yard touchdown run. Put Monticello up 14-6. Robert Boyd meet again with a 33-yarder, made it 14-12. Again, the two-point attempt could not come through for PBL, and here we stand. Monticello 14, PBL 12, 148 to go second quarter. Out of a timeout, I would expect PBL will dip into their reservoir of timeouts here if they can get a stop. But I think this is four down territory for Monticello here. You know, you're on the uh, other side of the 50. You've moved the ball well. You only need three yards. So PBL's got to step up twice and earn this here. Looks like they'll show a four-man front trying to cut off the run. Three down, and now they show a blitz. And the formation changes. Empty backfield. Shepard under center with four receivers. Shepard looks like he's trying to call him up. Draw him off sides, sends Bundy in motion, nobody to the left side, and now another timeout called by Cully Welter. So Welter trying to get PBL to jump with some timeouts in his pocket. It did not work. Instead, he calls his second timeout with a lot of eye candy out there, <laughs> but PBL was not jump, was not biting. How about a call to the Monticello O-line there? They didn't they didn't bite because PBL's defensive front, you know, they were they were jostling, they were showing a lot of movement, trying to get that offensive line to bite with a false start. So, you know, both lines hold Pat and either goes offside. Now these you can see these two coaches right here in this moment when 148 left to go in the second quarter. Kind of playing play a little game of chicken there on the line of scrimmage <laughs> with each other. Collie Walter saying, all right, I'm going to um, put receivers all on one side and no backfield and put a guy under center and see if you guys will jump. PBL said, no, we won't. Collie said, okay, I'll call timeout. It's almost Belichick-esque, right, <laughs> the, these games of chess. Eventually, they're going to have to snap the football. <laughs> Third down and three. Ball at the 45. Snap to Shepard. A quick dump over the middle to a wide-open mix, and he's going to go all the way. 45 yards, and they caught the Panthers completely off guard with that play call. Monticello's up 20 to 12. Shepard's 14th touchdown pass of the season, and the third catch of the year for Mitts for a touchdown. 139 to go, 20 to 12. Sages, talk about a chess match. Smart move by Cully Walter. 
Absolutely. And earlier in the game when Monticello was on defense, I was a little weary of their secondary. They had everyone within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. That's a great way to get beat deep, and that's exactly what their offense exploited right there. Well done. Cole Sawinski for the extra point. Flag on the play. I don't know if he got the kick off his uh, foot. The holder is Trey Welter. Boy, Mitz just leaked out over the middle. An entire defensive formation for the Panthers had been sucked up to the line of scrimmage. A false start here on the uh, extra point attempt. So the Sages will go back five yards and try this again. This will now be a 25-yard attempt for a point. 139 to go here in the second quarter. Sages like what they have in Cole Sawinski, but extra points not automatic, and they need this extra point to make it a two-score game. Sawinski has made the two others that he has attempted. This one is low. Maybe a hand on it by the Panthers. It is no good. An ugly wobbler that never was high enough to the upright, let alone enough distance. But the Sages are leading 20-12 to 12 on a surprise play. A pass by Drew Shepard to Spencer Mitz. The pass was all of about 10 yards, if that. But there was nobody between Mitz and the end zone. It's a great way to pad his uh, yak column, yards after catch. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's exactly, you sell out on the run. I understand why PBL wanted to go that route a little more aggressive. On a third, third and three. Third and three, you know, you think, all right, they're just going to try to do enough to get this, come up and, and stop them. And, uh, Good job of quarterbacking. You know, Colin Audible's doing what he needed to do. Drew Shepard making sure he had a guy on a fly route and did a nice job of just lobbing it over everyone. It was an easy throw, easy catch, and an easy touchdown. Yak. Yakety yak. Let's see if the Panthers can talk back. Saw some alpacas on the way over here. <laughs> I believe those are alpacas. Down Monticello Road, right? Yeah. yeah. You pass a lot of farmland. Here's the kickoff by Sawinski to the left side, near side, fielded at the 20, 25, 30. Here comes a flag. Jamie Lee is the return man. This may be getting pushed back. Forward progress up to the 31 for PBL with a minute 32 to go. Remember, PBL now will get the ball to start the second half. So I don't know if that means conservative or not for them with about 92 seconds left of game clock in the first half, but it is a holding penalty on the Panthers, and it'll move them back to the 21-yard line to start this drive. Boyd Meets, though, plenty capable of busting one at any moment. Yeah, you got 92 seconds here, plenty of time, and if you can stack a score here, get the kickoff out of halftime and score again, I mean, this game completely changes. This is a huge drive. Aiden Johnson to the near side. Boyd Meets gets the handoff, moving around the left edge. And he's got a couple of yards. And then stacked up by three more Sages just outside the far hash for a gain of about three yards and second down on the way. A minute 18 going. Monticello 20, PBL 12. After the touchdown pass to Spencer Mitz. And PBL letting this clock go down as they huddle up. 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage at the 24-yard line of their own. Two receivers to the far side on the short side of the field. One Aiden Johnson way far out on the right side of the field. 
Here's a handoff to Gertis. Met at the line of scrimmage by four. Sages among them, Spencer Mitz. And with 43 seconds to go, it'll be a third and long. At, uh, call it third and eight. Clock continues to wind down here, Scott. PBL being a little conservative. I'm looking at Monticello's defense, though, and they don't have any defender past the line to gain. So maybe if I'm PBL here, I dial it up. I take a shot. I remember how I just got burned defensively that last series, and I take a shot over the middle and maybe try and catch Monticello napping. It looks like they might just kneel this out, though. They are going to with 15 seconds. They'll bunch up, kind of a victory formation, but it's a more of a take it to the locker room formation, and that's what they'll do is they take the knee, and Monticello ahead 20 to 12. They've done it on the ground. They've done it on a kickoff return. They've done it through the air. Monticello leading PBL 20 to 12 here at halftime. And that, that's a, what a terrific half of football. We saw it all. We saw big plays. We saw slow and methodical football as well. Again, PBL, the ball out of the timeout, down eight. They're 0 for 2 on two-point conversions thus far. But if they can get a score and march it down the field and punch it in, you know, we'll see what happens. This game far from over, and I think it's, it's about what I expected from these two teams. Two good teams, 4 and 2, hosting 5 and 1. See what happens here in the second half. Joey, you'll be back with some more coverage with Colin Likas as well for halftime. On the Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette's Game of the Week, Monticello 20, 